welcome to the Start Scale Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed, I'm chatting with Irish entrepreneur Katie Brandenburn, founder of children's wear brand Lilla Nizzi. Lilla Nizzi is an award-winning brand with sustainability and design as its key focus points. Katie wanted to create products that stood the test of time and that didn't cost the earth. She was inspired by her daughter's sensitive skin condition to first set up the brand. When designing, Katie considers both the parent and the child with comfort and practicality being part of its key components. Some of the topics we cover today are challenges when you start versus how different those challenges are two years on, when to ask for support, prioritizing when you're spinning all the plates and it becomes a bit overwhelming, visibility on Instagram and influence marketing. Yeah, so I suppose I started when I was on maternity leave with Isabel. So that's my second daughter. And um I, it just kind of came out of the blue, to be honest with you. I wasn't thinking about setting up my own business or anything like that. I was thinking about going back to work. And then just a few things kind of happened, I suppose, as factors of why I didn't return to work and then why I set up the the brand. So Izzy suffers from lots of allergies and eczema, as anyone who follows me will know, because I, I post about that regular, regularly. Um, and her eczema was so bad from the time she was born, pretty much. She would scratch at her skin so much that it would bleed during the night. Mm-hmm. And like she was such a content baby. She always slept really well. So this was the thing that was waking her up. And as a mom, and as anyone who has a baby, you want them to sleep. (laughs) You don't want, you know, itchy skin waking them up. Um, So I was just uh, researching everything to try and make her more and more comfortable when she was asleep and when she was trying to relax. So I basically went on the internet and I bought every single baby grow known to man made from like natural and breathable fabrics. And I found that organic and natural fabrics were just the best for her skin. She slept so much better. There was hardly any irritation and it was just like life changing for her. Um, So like it was really hard to find them in Mm -hmm. Ireland. Like I just couldn't source the products that I wanted and I couldn't source the aesthetic look that I wanted without shipping in from Europe and the States and Australia. Um, And I was chatting to my husband one night and he was like, look, you have so many ideas. Why don't you just start developing? Like this is, this is what you do, you know? And um, I kind of just started from there. I was like, yeah, like you can't get these. And I'll just interrupt you there a second. I was just going to say, I'll just interrupt you there, Katie. So it's for people that don't know yeah. your background. Um, you have a background in fashion. You worked in buying um, for a well-known Irish retailer that we all, I mean, I've worked there as well. So Primark. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so like I said, when your husband says to you, this is what you do, it is that this is what yeah. you do. Yeah. You know. yeah. 
like every day developing products like that's just my passion is to develop and design products like I just love it I thrive on it and I suppose going back to the other factor was you know was I going to go back to work was a big factor with having Izzy um our childcare kind of went from having loads of childcare to having no childcare. And I decided I was going to take a break. I was going to definitely take a year out. And I didn't expect to start developing products and like launch a brand and launch a company. And it kind of, that wasn't like what I set out to do initially. Um, it kind of just took that turn. Like I just started developing products. She was only six months old when I started developing I was up late at night and mm-hmm. then I was, you know, researching who can help me, you know, financially with this because I I was on unpaid leave, you know, we were kind of, you know, watching the pennies and we didn't really, we weren't thinking about this as a big business venture. So I wasn't thinking, you know, oh, let's take money from our savings and I'm going to go and develop this big brand. Like that wasn't what I was thinking. It was more of a project, I suppose, for me. Yeah. Very more at an experimental stage for you at that stage, is it? Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of researching things, trying to get, you know, um, costings done, develop products that I wanted Isabel to wear, that I wanted her to, like, sleep 12 hours in, that I wanted to help, you know, soothe her, that I couldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find, you know, the best weight. I found actually when I was shipping in um, baby girls from everywhere um, in Australia, I found they were really, really good. But the weight was so light for our climate. And I had a baby in August and we went straight into winter. And yeah. then you were, I was layering her more with like vests and everything. And that was just more irritation to her. So I was like, no, the weight of this product, of this garment needs to be much thicker for an Irish climate and just trying to make it perfect. So I suppose the developing of the product was just in me because that's what I do and what I just have always done and I just enjoyed that whole process um and then it wasn't until I went to my local enterprise office just to see what funding there was to kind of you know or help for start your own business or just supports that um they said to me oh look we've got um Ireland's best young entrepreneur competition we think you you know you should enter it and I was like no like this is not, you know, mind blown stuff here. This is just a baby grow, you know. I was just like, no, I don't think I don't think I'm up against all those tech companies that are going to be going in for this, you know. And uh, they were really like, no, sure, give it a go. There's the forms, you know, you fit all the criteria. And I just was like, feck it, I'll do it. You know, it just it was like as if these things just kind of came as I was developing and researching more and more into it so I um, Mm am I applied for that and I ended up coming um I got selected to as part of the Wicklow regional uh, finals and then I ended up coming runner-up and for the runner-up you got three grand towards you know your business startup so it was amazing to have that money in my bank that I literally could just spend on the development process then and I suppose it gave me a lot of confidence in in my business idea it made me think of stuff that I that I wasn't thinking of at all because I started off with just a product I wasn't really thinking about it as a brand and a big business or anything like that so it really made me think of like a business plan and the financials like the funding where is the money going to come from and all of that and then I kind of myself my husband were sitting down and he was like I think you should go for this like this is a great idea you know you've got all the experience you know just do it like you know and um 
then it yeah I just the passion just started it just kept kind of snowballing from one thing to the next you know in terms of I, w- I wasn't happy just kind of you know coming runner up and um yeah my project kind of quickly went to it's going to be a business it's going to be a brand and then I had like visions for everything <laughs> would, would you say then like winning the the young entrepreneur the entrepreneur award was that kind of like your first milestone milestone for you in the business even though I know the business was in yeah. its infancy but the first kind of thing that acted as a catalyst for you to maybe change your mindset and really focus on it and, and create the brand that it, that it has become yeah 100% like it was um it was I suppose an award for best business idea and it was definitely an, an idea at that stage and when I was researching what I wanted to do I got more and more ideas and I could really just feel like, yeah, this could definitely work. And it just gave me loads of confidence that I could do it. And as I said, like Izzy was only six months old. So she was going through teething and I was exhausted and there was like presentations to do. And there were so many times where I was just like, oh no, I'm going to, you know, throw in the towel here because Mm -hmm. this is a project for me. And, um, you know, I'm not ready for the next stage yet, you know. And I was always kind of saying that, oh, I'm not ready for the next stage, kind of trying to slow everything down. But it was just quickly kind of the momentum was there. And I suppose I I got to a point where I sat down with my husband and I was like, look, if we're going to run with this, it's kind of snowballing now. So I've either got to park it and do it for another time or else, you know, we're going to do it and I need support and I need help because I can't do it all myself I know and and still and manage everything that I would imagine you were trying to manage at home as well and and all that that kind of thing and what would you say at the beginning were the biggest challenges with the business so I had always worked with bricks and mortar stores so you know working in Primark I knew how to get product to you know hundreds of stores all around the world and for other people to sell it um But I had never worked with online stores and I didn't have a clue how to market myself online. I didn't even know how a website worked. Mm-hmm. I am not good at any of that stuff. And I, suppose, I, I think we, I didn't have a clue what it was going to cost to set up a website. And I think a lot of people think, um, oh, it's, you know, should you just set it up and it's simple and it doesn't have any, you know, you've no cost because you don't have, you know, um, rent and you don't have rates and all this kind of stuff, but you do have costs. And I didn't have a clue about any of that. And I think that was a bit of a shock because, you know, you're, you kind of, test a few people with websites and you get your spec and people come back to you and say oh yeah well one person might say oh it's only going to cost you a grand or another person will say it's going to be five grand (laughs) there was so many different variations I just didn't know who to trust because I was completely out of my comfort zone with that so um we went with the cheap guy which has cost me so much money in the long run it was definitely not not the option to go with like uh, when I launched I was so unhappy with my website so many things didn't work on it there was like no functions uh it was awful like it was so bad (laughs) and a good thing to point out because the product was there yeah and that's that's the thing I was gonna I was gonna say I think it's a really good point that you said that even though you weren't happy with it you still launched because you had the product and the product was there and it's something that I think for people that are watching to take and listening to take note of because 
you know, you might have this ideal in your head and you may never get to that, that ideal. You know, you might never get to that yes. perfect page or that perfect product or that perfect website, you know, but, and if you keep waiting for yes. perfect, it's never going to happen really, you know, so yes. it's for people to take note that you might not be a hundred percent happy with something, but if it works, it shows the products, you know, yeah, definitely. And you can yeah. Uh, and you can always make changes and you don't have to do a big rebrand to like tweak things or improve something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, um, I have just learned that along the way. I mean, there were so many things that I was unhappy with. There's still stuff that I'm unhappy with, you know, and I'll wait, go, okay, we'll have to wait now till our next budget to fix yeah. that or to sort that out. Because, I mean, you don't have endless amounts of cash, like, you know, and it costs so much money for every tweak and change. Um, and I probably should have started off on a smaller platform like Shopify or something like that. But my website was built from scratch from the beginning. Yeah. on WordPress and um, so there was, there was a lot more money involved in changing things and adding in plugins and all this stuff that I had no idea like I needed or what it was yeah. even there for I'm learning all the time so yeah I think um, the biggest I suppose learning curve was the website and understand like nobody showed me even how to like process the order on it like <laughs> I was like how do I process this like I had no clue doing like YouTube tutorials and I'm just not good at that like I need somebody to sit down and show me something so that was I found yeah. that really stressful like so stressful it was horrible <laughs> I'm always at it now though <laughs> And, and other than the, the tech and the website side of things, obviously I know that you have background in retail and, and buying, but were there any other challenges um, at the beginning for you when you first started out? Yeah, I suppose like costing the products and like it's expensive to develop products. Like it's not cheap, um, especially for a small startup. Like, you know, suppliers want to be paid for their products. They don't want to develop the products. They don't want to be doing stuff for you for free. You know, you're spending money DHLing things to, you know, India or Peru or wherever you're sending them to, Turkey. And, you know, it, it does cost a lot of money. So you need to have that there in your budget. Um, yeah. And again, that was something in my retail background that I had never paid for. You know, it was always all of my expenses were coming out of somebody else's pocket. So you soon start to be like a bit more savvy and say, OK, look, you know, and that was it as well. Even de developing the full range like it was I wanted to develop like 20 products I wanted to launch with. But, you know we decided, okay, let's cut it back to the main, I want to, I always wanted a collection when I launched. Um, mm. I remember my husband saying to me, you know, it was the baby grows. That's what you're obsessed with. That's what your, you know, your market is. And I said, yeah, I know, but I can't just launch a baby grows. Like it has to be a collection. I can see it in my head. Like it has to be a collection. And I said, if, I'm, if we're doing it, I'm going with the collection. I'm not just launching with baby grows. That's not what I see as a vision for the brand. Like I don't want to be called baby grow, you know? Yeah. So um, he was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I started saying, okay, well, these are all the other bits and bobs of a collection that I love, that I'm passionate about, that I feel there's a gap in the market for, that I feel is like a perfect kind of gift for somebody, you know, creating the whole experience. And I was like, okay, it's going to be four product, products, going to launch a four, and then I'll keep all the other stuff that I want to do in the back burner for when I have more money to do it. And again, I think that it's a... Um, a valuable lesson that you may have you'll get to those visions and those dreams you know in terms of a collection yes. of ranges 
if your item costs ten dollars to produce you might have to pay a lot of suppliers will ask for two or three times that amount for the sample because the yes. sample is made in the sample room with more skilled people yes. and i think as well they do it so that they're not having every random people just phoning up and saying can yes. i have this, this sample or that sample you know so i think it's the, like you say the costing to begin with and um and managing that and and doing what you can that's achievable that you're happy with and knowing that the rest can follow but you've got to start somewhere yeah. you know and yeah. So you're nearly, is it three years on now? Nearly? No, we're only coming up to two years. You know, two years on, what are the um, challenges for you now as a brand? Well, I suppose now, thank God, we're in our own unit. I, you know, now I am paying rent and rates and all the other scary stuff. Um, but like we had to, I had to get it out of my house. Like it was, we had DHL boxes up to the ceiling in my hall, in our, we had our attic converted into two offices. That one was a, a playroom and one was where my husband works from home. Like the other office, the playroom turned into my office and then I couldn't even move my chair out and there was just boxes everywhere because as we were growing, there was more and more orders and like mm -hmm. I was ordering double the amount of stock. So the boxes doubled <laughs> and we had to like drag them up three flights of stairs and it was just like, crazy so then again we said we sat down and was like okay are we going to just keep buying in small amounts or are we going to go for it mm -hmm. and I really didn't think I'd be at this stage where I'm like renting unit and you know kit it all out and we like you know decided we're going to go for investment and all that I was planning that like for when Izzy was starting school you know another two or three years down the road I didn't, really didn't think we'd be at that stage now and again yeah. that another part on a slow down and just keep it ticking away until she's in school or do we just go with the momentum of how things are going and just like go for it um I am a bit of a gambler but I wouldn't be like my husband is more the person backing me than me backing me he's yeah. like you can do it like he he pushes me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and he's like no we're doing it for us this is our family this is our family business you know I have the confidence in you and he is the always the one that's you know spurring me on because I think if I didn't have that I don't think I'd have the, the confidence to say okay let's you know spend yeah. some of our savings on this I'd go yeah oh no, that's, that's for the family, you know, I, I can't really do that. So, but he's like, no, this is us, this is our company, you know, so he gives me the excitement about it, which is, which you need because like you're working on your own like mm. every day and that's hard and that can be a challenge, you know, when you're, you're only talking to yourself. Like <laughs> I used to have a big team of people that I'd be bouncing <laughs> stuff off and, you know, like, that would and you used to be able to delegate things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you turn to delegate and you're like, oh, it's me. Yeah, there's <laughs> nobody there. Yeah, yeah. So like everything from like all the customer service to the, all the postal runs to printing my own boxes to embroidering all of our stuff. Like it's literally like everything, which I love because I love do loads of different things all the time and that's why buying always suited me because there was always a different element every day as a different part of your job you never did the same thing every day mm -hmm. and even now I don't do the same thing every day but um the big milestone has been you know investing in the in the unit and like kind of go yeah we're gonna just go for it like this year <laughs> so fingers crossed absolutely and do you think that you'll so 
are you at a stage yet that you will start to hire people or yeah yeah we've just taken on um a girl now that's doing all of the orders and all of the processing and so she works three mornings a week with me now which is amazing so yeah like again that's scary you're like hiring staff like I'm not HR. <laughs> I haven't a yeah. clue what to do. I, like, you know, actually a big thing I would recommend is getting an accountant because the first year I did all of my own accounts and tax returns and everything. And then um, we actually went to a limited company and we needed a, a, an accountant to do all of the end year. Mm. And he's after taking over now and he does all like the wages and all of that now as well. And oh my God, like life changing because I would have spent hours every month on that stuff. And that's not what, like, that's not my forte. So I would say if you are, if you're not good at something, outsource it because it's just holding you back and it's taking up so much more of your time. Um, Well, that's what I found anyway. Like I was spending hours on stuff that a professional would do in like half the time and I would have got much more work done, you know, that would actually benefit the business. I know I completely agree. I mean, I know sometimes people aren't in the position where they can afford to outsource. But when when you can, like you say, you might think of it from a a cost point of view that you can't afford to outsource. But then if you think of it in a different way, if you did outsource it with that time that you freed up, what could you get done in your business that would accelerate it, that you'd make more money? You know, that that you would get the product in quicker, that you'd be able to develop more product. It's like understanding what your zone of genius is and and where you need help and i'm you know i tech side of stuff i know how to do some of it but what will it what would take me a day would take someone probably two hours exactly you know? yeah and i would just weigh it up depending on what the cash flow is like whether well, i pay for it the time yeah. or whether or and how busy i'm whether i pay for the time or whether i do it myself yeah we were talking about there about you know having to do everything as a you know a um a, a new relatively new startup do you do you get that feeling sometimes and if you do what do you do to try and stem that feeling of overwhelming the the overwhelming feeling of kind of like oh my god i've got so much to do sometimes i have a total meltdown <laughs> sometimes i have a bottle of wine um but in general i'm very much a, a list maker like i am writing lists constantly like i am a prioritize i'm I'm very good at prioritizing things i'm Mm -hmm. really organized so when i get overwhelmed it's because i'm super organized and then like the list is too long for me to do and i'm like oh my god um like i am the type of person that will stay up to like two and three in the morning to get everything done um because i cannot sleep until that's done or like ticked off it's it's just up like I just can't turn off I'm always always on so I do find that hard but I have found since we have the unit now and everything's not in the house I won't be like I just need to pop upstairs now and send that email or oh somebody's after texting me about that order I'm gonna go up and do that now now I'm very good at kind well I'm learning to be better at kind of separating that and deciding like okay now I'm home now and I I started this so that I, and I didn't go back to my job so that I could have that flexibility and be there with my kids. So when I pick them up, I, I don't work Mondays in general. Um, but today they were in our, their summer camp and I picked them up at half 12 and I really tried not to do any work until now because they're in bed. So, do you know, that kind yeah. of thing, you have to switch off at some point because I did get to a point where I was just working 24-7 and 
you're not getting paid and you're just exhausted and cranky and I it, it took the enjoyment out of it for me and I was like what am I doing this yeah. for you know what am I doing this for I could be getting well paid and not be this stressed out <laughs> so I suppose yeah. it's just kind of taking a step back and understanding why you're doing it like going back to your why again of you know your work-life yeah. balance and all of that and just prioritizing things and like that making a list and saying okay these are the things I'm really good at and I need to focus on and these are the things that I need help with and I need to outsource, you know. And there's loads of free um, free uh, mentoring and stuff that you can get with your local enterprise office and all of that. So, like, there is a lot there, but sometimes you're so overwhelmed and there's so much to do that you're like, oh, I can't even deal with that now because I have all of this to do. But if you just kind of take another, a step yeah. back. It's another thing on the list. Yeah, you know? yeah. But like you say, it's it's knowing when you can get help and the local enterprise office is amazing for those that are based in Ireland. You should yeah. definitely check. And if you're thinking about business, check out your local enterprise office. People yeah. that are based in the UK, um, NatWest run a NatWest accelerator program. And that really helps for people who are starting a business and gives you a lot of tools and a kind of a community uh, yeah. that you can be part of there that helps you as well. And what would you say is your you know, what can you share with us? And I know there'll be some things that are confidential, but in terms of your vision now for, for the brand? It kind of, like, to be honest, it changes all the time. So we're not really, we're not, I, I never set it up to be one thing. Like I, like I said to you, like I never was just like, oh, it's baby grows, you know? I really mm -hmm. want to grow um, just our product offering in general. It'll always be product that has a longer lifespan that can be passed down, that people love. I will never do flash in the pan trends. That's definitely not, I, I always wanted to get away from that. Mm -hmm. um, like when I started out in fashion and design, I worked in like ladies boutiques and I still have clothes from there that are like 10 and 15 years old. And I would want my, my, my brand to be passed down actually my friend only just had a brand new baby and she sent me a photograph of her brand new baby wearing her niece's baby grow that she bought for her from my very very first collection and she was like it's still perfect and I love it I loved it for my niece and now I love it on my baby and I was just like oh that is that's what I want like you know and it'll always be products that children want to wear um, and that are super you know soft for their skin there'll always be that element of it being natural organic and pure because I just want the best for my kids and like that for Izzy for her eczema like I can see how much discomfort she's in when she's like she's obsessed with Disney at the minute and Aurora and all of those plastic dresses yeah. and she is like this her arms are in bits and it's all you know so I just want to make her comfortable and I will always have that focus when I'm designing anything is like comfort and coziness is always going to be the forefront you know even if we do branch out into you know a bit of mummy wear or anything like that yes. it'll still be for cozy and comfort that a, a little hint there <laughs> in case you do what might come in the future yeah. but, um, maybe and what do you think <laughs> what ha, I mean as a, as a brand you probably like you say, you've progressed quite quickly and I've seen a lot of influencers uh, tag your your um, yes. your brand. What do you think has been, what do you think have been the things that have helped your growth? 
as a brand? Well, so for as an online business, um, the only way, as far as I'm concerned, people can know you even exist is through digital marketing. And unfortunately, that is through influencers. Um, like, I don't love the whole influencer <laughs> thing, if I'm 100% honest. But it is the only way I feel to get your brand out there. And I've done a lot of different types of marketing. I have done paid marketing um, in like, I was in every single newspaper, magazine when we launched, we worked with a PR company. And like, nobody reads magazines anymore. Nobody really, yeah. like they just don't. The volume just isn't there. People only see brands really through like Instagram and the internet and sourcing the internet or searching the internet from like mummy blogs and all of that kind of thing. So like, I really do feel like it's really important because at the end of the day, they're marketing, like influencers are there to market products. That's what it's become. Yeah. But it's about working with the right ones. And over the last year that we've been in business, like I have tried and tested because you have to try and test. I've tried and tested so many different influencers. Some have been amazing. Some have mm -hmm. been absolutely terrible. And that is the gamble. When you're gifting product, like some of them, ones that love your brand will give you a lovely shout out and will oh, you'll always see their kids in your brand and they won't even tag you. But you're like, sometimes that pisses you off. <laughs> but then yeah. other, other times you're like brilliant. Like they actually genuinely love the brand. Then they come back and they buy. I've had yeah. so many influencers come back buying from me saying, oh my God, no, that was my favorite baby grow or I love the blanket and I've bought it for my friend now. Um, and a couple have done that and those ones have been amazing. And then there's others that I thought like, oh God, she's going to be brilliant. And like, not even one sale. Like, do you know? So it's very hit and miss and it's expensive because you are gifting your product, but it's cheaper than paying like a thousand euro for like a tiny ad in a yeah. magazine that somebody's going to skim by like is that going to stay in their brain so it's a tricky one but like I have done a lot of influencer gifting and it's a, it's all very much testing like we've spent the last year testing the market with products with like marketing strategies and because I have no clue about all of this you know internet world so just trying to figure it out and figure mm -hmm. out what works for us so yeah, it's expensive, but you have to just test the water with loads of different things. Yeah, and I think there's a, I've read a stat once in terms of with influencer marketing, for every pound that you spend on it, in terms of I know that you will have gifted it a lot of the, the yeah. product, but you get like five times the, the return from, for every amount. Yeah, and like every digital marketing agency will tell you all of that. And we are going to start actually working with a digital marketing agency soon. We're in the, actually tomorrow we're, I'm here late tonight. Cause tomorrow we are actually videoing a lot of footage and getting some content and stuff sorted. So that again is a gamble. We're, you know, we're going to see where that takes us. And that'll be a trial because we've never done that before. Like I don't even know how to run like a Facebook ad. <laughs> That's how bad I am. Like I have no idea. And then when I'm, pressing all the buttons and next minute my ad is running 
I don't know how to look at like all the analytics behind that. So like I definitely need to brush up on all of that stuff. And that's where we decided, okay, if we're going to kind of go for it, we need the unit. I can't be processing like hundreds of orders like all day. It's just physically not possible for me to do that and grow the business and, you know, understand all of that part. So we just went, okay, let's do it then. <laughs> yeah. You're saying invest in some invest in some help at the beginning so then you can yes. learn and yes. like you say, be able to understand what works and what doesn't. And if yes. any, if anyone wants to ask ask any questions, just put them in the comments and we will uh, we'll get to them. But I just have a couple of more questions yes. um to ask. So when you first started out, a lot of people who start brands, one of the things that they almost fear is being visible on Instagram. And, um, you know, they don't want to put themselves out there or they're, you know, they're very, almost a love-hate relationship with it yes. sometimes. And uh, you're quite visible on Instagram. Is it always, did you always feel that way? Were you always happy to be visible? Do you feel comfortable with it or? No, I actually, I hated it at the start. I was not one bit like comfortable in front of it. It took me probably like 10 takes to like say hello. <laughs> But um, as you do it, you just kind of get more and more used to it and it just becomes kind of part of your day. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't think I'm good at creating content. Like, like I'm just um, not, I just don't have time. It's really hard. Like, it, content creation is, like, so time-consuming. It's really, really hard. So I find when I'm here doing the orders, like, I can kind of you know set up my camera and everything's done on my phone by the way like I don't have any fancy cameras or anything I probably should get one <laughs> but everything's just done on my phone and um I have a new little like holder thing now that actually the phone is on and it was like 20 quid with a little ring light thing and I just clamp that up and I might that do a few reels I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to do them it's like it's hard to create all that stuff um but I'm getting better at it. And again, it, it, you just have to free up your time to try and like, you know, learn how to do it. Um, and just keep on top of it because I'm a little bit scared actually because there's a lot of talk about Instagram, you know, um, and the algorithms and, you know, more video content. And, you know, if you just keep posting photos, like no one's going to see you anymore and all this kind of jazz. So like for small businesses, that's really hard because how do you get out there? How do people see you, you know? Mm. Um, so again, it's all about creating content and I just need to get a bit better at it. But like there's some accounts out there that I'm just looking at their content and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like how do they get the time? <laughs> like, if they see half of my content day, it's like running around like a headless chicken, like trying to find shoes and socks and packing the lunch and, you know, like it's just not interesting. So um, I need to just get a bit better at that. Well, I remember I did a course a while ago and, you know, if you think people watch reality shows and a lot of what Instagram is, is like your own reality show sometimes, yes. you know, parts of it are. But if a good, um, some good accounts to follow for Instagram tips or kind of understand like uh, 30 day reels is one. So for those that are, haven't tried reels yet or don't really know what to do, there's an account called 30 day reels and it's run by um, Vic Smeljew and, I think her name is Anna Bellum. And Vix was one of my um, live guests a couple of weeks ago. She has her own, another account called Grow With Vix. And she's very much 
an Instagram go-to, like she'll always know what's happening with Instagram and the latest things and yeah. it's great advice. So for anyone that's, for people that are listening, um, you check out both of those accounts, so Grow With Vix and a 30 Day Reels and they'll give you great tips and just calm the nerves when it's anything, when Instagram come out with new statements yeah. about video or photographs and stuff, um, photography not being, photograph posts not being the main thing anymore or, or whatever. But um, and to finish, what advice would you give to, what kind of three tips would you give to someone that is starting out or thinking of starting? God, um, I think if you're in Ireland, definitely touch base with your local Leo because there are so many different courses. There's free mentoring. There's loads of different grants that you can get and apply for. Doesn't mean you're going to get them, but you know, it, it makes you think as well. Like sometimes the forums are like 5 million pages long and you just look at it and you're like, I can't. Like it's not worth it, but it is worth it because there's a lot of questions in there that you do need to ask yourself um, and you start kind of thinking in another way. That's what I found anyway. I found them brilliant. Um, so definitely check in with your local Leo. I would say like, you know, just research your market. Um, you need to know who's around, what pricing you're going to position yourself at. Um, and just understand who's your customer. Like I thought my customer was somebody and now I'm learning that she's probably a little bit different. Um, and that actually, I don't just have the mom customer. I have the granny and it's the auntie and I have the baby shower friends and you yeah. know, I've a lot of that. So, um, and I've only learned that because when I started, I was just thinking like mom, mom, because I was in that mode. Yeah. Like build and that's who I just thought it was um so I suppose just you know researching your customer and all the other types of customer that are out there as well um and ask for support like you know there's been so many businesses that I've touched base with on Instagram that have been so willing to like share go for a coffee you know recommend somebody to help whether yeah. it's like you know a website person or um, like that an accountant or whatever you know you definitely some good referrals because if I had got some good referrals in the beginning <laughs> my website wouldn't have been shite when I launched <laughs> and like I would it just saves you time and money and so many people like are just like they're so willing to help you they really are willing to help you know and um, so I would say just like touch base with somebody and ask them you know um so yeah, I think that, I don't know what other tips, mm -hmm. just, yeah, just go with it. Like if it's something that you're really passionate about. That's, 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 that's fine. <laughs> yeah, great. And um, just some questions have come up in terms of from, so one from Dear Delicious Life. Um, and thank you very much for that, Katie, and those tips and everything that you've chatted about. I'm sure it's um, helped a lot of people that are listening in. Um, but Dear Delicious Life has asked, she's terrified that nobody will buy her products. Did you have a similar fear when you started? Yes. Like, I remember when we launched and, like, you know, you're doing the big reveal on Instagram. They had, like, something like 300 followers and they were probably all friends and family. Like, let's be honest. They were literally, like, everyone who was following me on my personal page, I was like, please follow my business. Yeah. Um, so I had all, like, the pity orders in first, you know, of all of my friends that had had their babies or anyone that needed to buy a present, they were going on and buying. And, like, that's brilliant. But, you know, yeah, you do have the fear that, like, my God, are people... I remember, actually, my mother-in-law, I think she, she said something initially, and she was like, you know, um, 
little bit expensive now for this or a little bit expensive for that. And I said, no, well, like that is the price, like, you know, and that kind of knocked me in it a little bit because I was like, oh God, no, no, I have to go with my gut. I have to go with where we are with our brand, how I feel we need to be positioned and, you know, go with what you kind of feel you should be and don't think about what other people are saying or what, what somebody okay so if somebody is you know in business and they're mentoring you definitely take their advice but don't be listening to other people and um, you know believe in your brand and believe in your product and you know if you are passionate about something and you know that it's worth something then you definitely have to to go for it and I know I definitely would have kicked myself in three years time or five years time and not have gone after this passion and given it a go I'm really lucky that like you know my husband is back in me and is like believes in it so much as well you know that you know it's our family business and you know it's a legacy for my girls it's named after my two kids so I better not have any more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have to add a name on it'd be like or and co so you know it's like yeah it's important to me that that it behind the name that it still holds all of our family values and all of the values that I want my kids to you know understand and grow up with and um, because it is very much like a family business and yeah, like just believe in it. Like if you believe in your product, and I suppose that's where I'm coming from with with what my products are and where and what they're made from and everything and what our future products will be. Like I believe that they're worth X, and that's mm -hmm. why I charge for it. I charge that, charge that. You know, they're not fast fashion. They're not throwaway. They're not you know made from shitty materials you know and so much like love and time and passion goes into every single collection that like I feel that that's what they are worth um, and you know we you know put ourselves out there in the market to be you know a luxury brand and that's what I feel we are and I'll always choose as I do with everything I always choose the most expensive thing in the shop I always choose the most expensive zipper that my supplier sends me. I'll always, out of everything that I get, I'll be like, oh, I want that one. That's the most expensive one, Kate. <laughs> of course it is. Like, it's just like always going to be that way. So I will always strive for the best quality. And I won't kind of, you know, settle less to bring the price down to try and, you know, be in competition with somebody else that's in the market. You know, I want to raise the market. I don't want to bring it down. So, um, and I believe that our product does that. And I think like you said, in terms of, you know, you will have done your, um, your research in terms of where the gap is within that market and the yeah. research customer and everything like that, that you knew where you could fit, you know, and yeah. slot in and then you put the design and the quality in behind that as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Dear Delicious Life has said, thank you very much, Katie. You're so helpful and a big inspiration for me. Oh, thanks. Love your products, they're super soft. <laughs> so, big fan, a big fan there from Dear Delicious Life. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm not going to keep you any longer um, and like, let you have your evening, your non-work evening to yourself. And thank you so much for, uh, for spending time with us. And I look forward to seeing everything that Lil and Izzy becomes. Thank you very much, Katie. If you have any questions, you can DM me. I'd be more than happy to, to help anyone.
that needs a little bit of inspiration or just a little bit of you know support because you do need somebody champion you sometimes great thank you so much see you later bye thanks for joining me for the start scale succeed episode if you'd like to see and hear more from me, then check out my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com and on Instagram at thebuyingretailcoach. And for more from Katie, you can find the website on www.lilandizzy.com and at lilandizzy on Instagram. So see you next week for more entrepreneurs and experts. Bye.